Hi there, I'm Janet Quinlan, and this is Finding Joy in Motherhood, the podcast for women who are looking for practical tools and words of encouragement to create an orderly, joyful, faith and virtue-driven home. I'll share tips to create mindset shifts that change the way you discipline your children, love your husband, and enjoy your day. This podcast is about coaching women to be the best woman God is calling her to be. I'm so glad you're here. Hi, and welcome to episode number 152, Embracing Femininity. If you're listening to this podcast real time, you know it's early December. Actually, today is December 8th. In the Catholic Church, we celebrate the Feast of the Immaculate Conception when we believe that Mary was conceived immaculately, that she didn't have the stain of original sin. And actually, it just really makes sense because why would God send his son via a woman who was not free of sin? Just makes sense to me. So you know that we are preparing for the birth of Jesus, and that brings about a lot of emotions and thoughts about softness and Mary and maternity and having a baby. And so I really wanted to do this podcast about embracing our femininity. We live in a world where being feminine is almost like, oh, that's too bad, you're feminine. (laughs) Maybe if you tried harder, you could be a little more masculine. You could really embrace the qualities that culture finds important. Strength and persistence and goal setting and achieving those goals. And I would like to suggest to you that being truly feminine requires and demands all those qualities. They're not masculine qualities only. They can be feminine qualities as well. In fact, I think they are naturally feminine qualities. So let me first tell you about a story. We homeschooled our kids through eighth grade, and then off they went to Uh, our Catholic high schools in our area. And after a few days of my two oldest sons, they ended up in the same grade. They're 15 months apart, and the second of the two um, just really loved to learn. And so we kind of gently moved him ahead. In homeschooling, you have that option. And he did very, very well. And so we combined them in the same grade. So off they went to their freshman year in high school. And after a few days, I was driving them to school, and one of them said, hey, mom, kids were talking about what their moms do. And I started to tell them what you did, and one of them cut me off and said, oh, Quinlan, your mom just sits around and has babies. And my son was so angry and indignant that this kid would have disrespect for me that all I did was raise a family, homeschool, and have the children, right? And he was really angry, and he didn't quite know how to answer him because their moms were all, you know, C-suite moms. They were doing something that their sons thought was important in the world, and maybe it was important in the world. But the idea of a mother staying at home, raising her family, in these kids' minds was not important. And so I reminded them of that quote from the poem. Um, It goes like this, the hand that rocks the cradle rules the world. 
And it was the first time I had ever mentioned it to them, but I explained how critical a mother's role is in society, in culture, in raising up good humans. Some of this podcast you may have heard me talk about before, but I think in light of the time of year, it's important to remember. And actually, I think if I give this podcast twice a year, it's not a big deal because it will help us remember who we are and what God has called us to be. Pope St. John Paul II used the phrase feminine genius to describe the special capabilities of women. We are, by nature, nurturers. We're sensitive to the needs of those around us. We're generous in our response to those needs. We are the spiritual heart of the family. And at the same time, we're the rock. We're the rock of the family. We are teacher to our children. We teach them physically how to walk, how to talk, how to do the bathrooms, how to do their wash. We teach them emotionally how to be kind and sensitive and generous. We teach them intellectually. We teach them their numbers, their letters. For many of us, we teach them how to read, how to add, and how to do algebra. And we teach them spiritually how to love Jesus how to see themselves as a child of God. We are encourager and cheerleader at every stage of our children's life. I have children in their 30s, 20s, and I'm still encouraging them all the time. And we are maternal. So if you're someone here who has never had children, you still have the maternal gift. How do you share it with the world? Do you share it with your nieces and nephews? Do you share it with friends? Whether you've had children or not, we are all maternal. It is embracing these gifts that we reach our full potential. No matter what else you do with your life, if you bring in these qualities to everything you do, whether it's in family or work or just society as a whole, You will not only find fulfillment, but you will also embrace the femininity God designed for you. As women, we have tremendous power and influence. That's why I love that quote, the hand that rocks the cradle rules the world. We have the right kind of power and influence, which is not for our personal gain, but rather our power and influence is within our family and friends. It is in teaching them to love with generosity, to embrace their faith, and to be good, strong men and women. But we all know that being receptive to others, sensitive to their needs, and generous in our response can deplete us. So what do you do? Are you depleted? Do you feel like you just can't do anything more? Do you feel like everything depends on you? I have a secret. Everything doesn't depend on you. At 60 now, I realize there are a lot of things that I thought I had to do and I didn't have to do. So I do want you to step back and really consider whether or not all that you're doing is critical. And 
in all that you're doing, where are you finding your strength? And I'd like to propose that we only find our strength in Jesus, in being in his presence. We cannot do it all with our own strength. I love this quote from Archbishop Fulton Sheen. Though men failed in this crisis of Calvary, there is no instance of a single woman failing. God could have sent his son any way he thought best, and yet he chose a woman to be the vehicle. Why? That same woman, Mary, launched Jesus into public life, even after he protested that it wasn't his time yet. Like a good Jewish mother, she just persisted. And he moved at his mother's request. And it was a woman, Claudia, who warned her husband, Pontius Pilate, to have nothing to do with this righteous man. When all the apostles, except John, ran away, some even denying that they knew Jesus, there were women at the foot of the cross, steadfast, strong, and there until the end. They watched the horrors of the crucifixion. They mourned the death of their friend and Mary's son. They prepared the body for burial. Women kept watch at the tomb. And it was women who came to the tomb in the early morning and saw that Jesus was not there. And women who brought the news of the resurrection to all his followers. He appeared first to a woman, Mary Magdalene. Women believed even when men didn't. The steadfast love of women is an infinite power for the good. If you are ever tempted to believe the lies of the world that women in their full femininity are not important, see how the life of Jesus would not have been the same without women. As we contemplate that scene in the stable, this lowly, humble woman who will become the most important woman in history, consider your own life. What kind of woman do you want to be? What kind of woman do you think your children want you to be? What kind of woman do you think your husband wants you to be? Will you embrace the God-given gifts he has bestowed on you? Will you find your fulfillment in loving and serving others? I pray that the example of all our sisters in our Christian life, all of those women, will embolden us to be more like them. Heroic, strong, courageous, unwavering, love-filled, and faith-filled women. And I also pray that we always go to the most important woman in history, our Blessed Mother, and we learn from her the qualities that cause us to embrace our femininity. We learn from her to embrace God's will that is the path of peace and joy and teaches us that our femininity is our greatest strength. Take care. Do you have a life coach who helps you be the woman you want to be, the woman God has called you to be? 
Who helps you sort through your marriage or parenting difficulties and helps you create the mindset you need to embrace your vocation with joy and gratitude? If you're looking for a coach, I would be so honored to help you. Email me at Janet at FindingJoyInMotherhood.com.